Hello, and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we are booksmen. Yes, through and through. Till the end. Till the end, my friend. Till What's that song that goes, till the end of time? Oh, it's a George Michael song. Really? Yeah. I will be your father figure. I will be your. I don't think I've ever heard the song Father Figure, but I've heard it referenced so many times. I guess that's what that song is. I guess that's the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. You've heard it. You've heard it. I've I've heard heard about it. (laughs) I know the name. You know the song. Together, we're an expert about this. Together, uh, we're, we're the new George Michael. We're taking over the the tour. They're, they they kept the tour going even though he died years ago, right? Yeah, the backup band just comes out. And... Yeah, well, I saw they they uh, uh, Rolling Stones replaced Charlie Watts. Yeah, with yeah. Uh, Steve Jordan, right? Yeah, yeah. So like a very good drummer. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, they were just gonna they were gonna get some <laughs> shitty guy. Oh, maybe they're all sitting around being like, "Ugh, now we get Charlie's share too." I mean, they do. Like, yeah, Steve they George, do. So they're even... not going to be like, "Oh, you're the full <laughs> fifth member. You're gonna, you're gonna get all the royalties from Beggar's yeah. Banquet or whatever." It'd be wild if that's how bands work. That it was like, ah, like once a member dies or quits, like the new print, they're a full member. They get uh, redo all the albums. <laughs> um, they. Do you remember when? Did you ever see the Metallica documentary, Some Kind of Monster? No, I've always meant to. I've heard that it's- It's so uh, good. Yeah, that's good. Um, And like, you know, uh, very unique for a music documentary. Yeah. Um, I I would say like, I think it came out in like, probably like 2005, Yeah, I was going to say like early mid-aughts. Yeah. And like, it was a lot more groundbreaking at the time. It seemed like a lot crazier at the time because it was like- Whoa, uh, Metallica goes to therapy. And yeah, it's like well, and they were they were like uh, they had lost some relevance, but they were more relevant back then than they are now. I mean, now it's not that they're irrelevant; it's just like they don't put out new music yeah. as often as they used to, and tour as often. But their bass player quit, mm-hmm. um, and then they have tryouts for a new bass player. And then uh, they hire this guy, mm-hmm. and then they're like, and to show that they're just as committed, like they show, they show. There's a scene where they're like hiring this guy, and the yeah. manager's like, and show that like they're they see you as an equal. They're giving you a million dollars to sign up with the band. They're giving you a million dollars, which is what all these other fellas have made in their <laughs> time in the band. Yeah, and it's just I think it's funny because it's like what are they like distracting him from like he's yeah, definitely not and, a member and, and full all member you have to do is standing. sign this nda yeah. to get that million dollar bonus right um but it's nice it's a nice film you should watch it tom yeah um what yeah the, i feel like there is a weird thing i guess like you know metallica is like a metal band that uh and i'm thinking it's right of, there uh, in the name yeah which was brilliant yeah. You know, like, I mean, what is this band all about? Yeah. Oh, well, it says metal in the title, and there's two lightning bolts on either side. Yeah. Oh, Rockapella. What kind of music do they do? Rock. Acape- no, Acapella. 
I say they're well, more rock. With, with a little edge, sure, certainly. Do you think Rockapella started because they were like, what sort of band should we uh, start? And one guy was like, rock. And the other guy said, acapella. And they and went back like, and I like, heard rock. both. Acapella, rock, acapella, rock, 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 acapella. Oh, hey. Yeah, and, and then, then somebody else going, is like, bop. And then the drummer's in the back, and he's like, uh, what if we call the band Aqua Rock? And they're like, you fucking idiot. There's no drummer in an acapella group, Tom. And then that's the next thing they say to him. They're like, we don't even need you. We decided to go instrumentless. Right. It's a terrible idea. Tom, I have a question for you. Uh Have you used the... Omni scanners in the New York City subways using your phone. Yes. We talked about this on the show. I well I use uh we talked about when I use it on the bus. Oh. I don't know if it was this show or that other show we do. Okay, well Tom. Because the bus was trickier, I I mentioned because like you can't fill I hadn't used my card in a long time and I wasn't sure if it was like still valid at all. Right. And at a subway station you can you know, they all have a machine you can refill it. I but seem to recall I was I was bringing up something, not asking you to recount just, your story try- from a month I'm ago. I'm just trying to give people a, a little flavor, Tim. Not everybody that listens to the show lives in the big apple. Right. So there's a thing now at the New York City subway. You don't need look. You you could never use a you can you couldn't use a token for twenty years. Don't try to get on with the token. <laughs> I think longer than that. No, when I when I was going to school. Oh, they sold tokens. I had tokens. Yeah, yeah. actually, now that you mentioned, I do remember that being a thing where it was like they kept them around for much longer than yeah. it seemed necessary. But then there were Metro cards. You swipe the Metro cards. You can still swipe the Metro cards. Yeah. But now you can just go up with your phone. You tap it to this yeah. blue futuristic Like a screen, thing. a little yeah. screen. And then you go through, um, and it just charges your phone. It sucks because you can't like buy an and unlimited. And it charges your phone? Yeah. Oh, that's a nice perk. Um, funny fucking <laughs> Apple humor, Tom. <laughs> I would say... It sends the charge to your phone. Not that it charges your phone. It charges you through your phone. Well, and your phone's sitting there going, oh, now I got to pay for this? I don't want to do this show anymore with you, Tom. <laughs> Sorry. I continue. genuinely do not like talking with you. <laughs> Tim, I'm just trying to help you talk better when you're out there in the world. Get get your ideas across. I'm only doing it to help Coming you. Coming in here week after week being condescended to by the, <laughs> the hands down the yeah. dumbest man I've ever met in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, it makes you sharper in all your other interactions. Oh, my God. So do you find that you've used it in the subway? Yes. Was my yeah, question. I've u- yeah, I've used it in the subway. Before you talked about the bus for 15 minutes. Yeah, oh, I use it in the bus, too, yeah. So you, you put your phone down on the thing, uh-huh. and it, like, beeps a little bit. Yeah, I, I feel the thing beeps, and I think maybe your phone buzzes. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there's no indication. Yeah, there should that, be like, like a bigger something indication. Has gone through, and like that hasn't been a problem until today. Because like, it's I've, it's yeah, because it's like touch technology. So you're never a hundred percent sure. Like, am I close enough? Like, does my is my case interfering? Like, you need you need like better feedback than they give you. Like there's a when you swipe your metro card, there's a little screen that says "Yeah, go," and then you can go. Yeah, and you know that the turnstile has been unlocked, mm-hmm. and you can go through. Today, 
I think because I think it even beeps or vibrates if if it doesn't even work. if it doesn't yeah. work. Mm-hmm. And so I was very confidently walking through. Those things it. will work with uh, like tap to pay credit cards too. I've cool. never done that, but they will. Got it. So I did the thing, mm-hmm. walked, <laughs> smacked into the turnstile right into my how, dick. How many times did you flip around the turnstile before Tom, somebody finally these, stopped you? It was Midtown. There are these. Whoa! T- whoa! 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 <laughs> There are these tourists there that started um, laughing at me. La- oh, boy. And they were like clear, obvious tourists. And I was like in a rush. I was in a bad mood because I'm a real New Yorker. Yeah. Uh, bagel uh, hanging out of your mouth. I did. I actually had a bagel in a bag. And I, was, <laughs> I, was, I was in a rush because I wanted to get to my destination so I could eat the bagel. Of I was course. very hungry. Um, are you allowed to like... Hit tourists? I think yell at tourists or like tell like would they be do you think they'd be like hey this is some new yorker told me to go fuck myself when i laughed at him oh they probably i think like they'd they be go back to their bumble fuck in- town <laughs> where nothing goes on in their meaningless lives or they're just whittling away eating fucking cream and butter based fucking cheese dishes um, going to their uh, with their with their not not uh, paying a majority of their income for housing and yeah, for and their, then also not being on top of other people. Yeah, but uh, having faux wood paneling in their depressing dens. Yeah, family rooms. Some of them probably don't even have podcasts. Yeah, there's they're such losers. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, I mean you. In my own city, they I were think, making me I think feel legally less than legally. You know, if I can put on my lawyer hat here for a minute, mm-hmm. uh, I think legally, sure, you could maybe be charged with like some kind of harassment if you if you said something. Right. But if I can put on my New York hat, uh, and you'll notice it's a hat that says "I love New York," um, you're not going to be able to like <laughs> make that charge stick. Right. First off, you're not going to be able to find a cop, and then they're second, not going to be able to make that charge stick. Yeah, they're they're and they, they find a cop, they're going to be on their phone, and they're going to be like, "They said what? Yeah, okay. See, is, is he here? No, he he went on the subway and and went away. Okay, what do you want us to do about it? Oh, you want to file a report? Okay, we'll file a report. I'm very cognizant of people, of tourists coming here and be and having this mindset. And of having a good time. <laughs> New Yorkers are very rude. Oh, I... Yeah, well, it's like, yeah. We're, no, we're not rude. No, not rude we're at all. We're actually really nice. But when someone smacks their dick on the turnstile and then you <laughs> laugh at him, like yeah. you should be, like that person should be able to tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean, nine times out of ten, when like somebody stops me to like ask for direction, somebody stop me. <laughs> Did you nine ask? Were you I, asking for it, Tom? <laughs> nine times out of ten, when somebody stops me, is because I've asked for somebody to stop me. Um, and it, it's a tourist; they're rude. Whereas, like an actual New Yorker will say, like, "Excuse me, do you know?" And then yeah. say, "Thank Excuse you, me, sir." 
not even that, but just, yeah. oh, excuse me. Yeah. We're like, it's a tourist that will turn around and be like, which way is Times Square? Yeah. And it's you're like, like, that's how people talk here. You don't have to, you don't have to be, like, no, I say it, to their wife. Like, I think it literally is like, you know, when, when you're in Europe and it's like, no, they don't tip here. Yeah. That it's like, no, when you're in New York, nobody's polite. You don't have to hold the door when somebody's yeah. coming in behind you. you it's, it's like a whole thing. They're rude here. You don't They're have to say, to excuse other. me or please or thank you. Yeah. But if it's a you know an actual person that lives here, I mean, not always. There's a, still a ton of shitheads that live here. But like, if it's a you know somewhat normal person, uh, usually very polite and very helpful. So you think those bumpkins would get a kick out of it if you're rude to them? I think in the beginning, if you said that, they'd be like aghast. Mm-hmm. But then later on, it'd be, you know, yeah. so, something to I tell mean, their friends. they'd be dining out in their sad little town on that story <laughs> for fucking decades to come. Eating their fucking pizza that's made out of, like, white bread ketchup and American cheese. Yeah, exactly. And be like, mm, this is the best pizza in town. Hey, you're not even folding it, <laughs> you <laughs> hick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Tim, you, you missed a chance to give them a real thrill, Yeah, but in fairness to them, when you see somebody walk right, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing, like it was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Because it is like a very funny comedic, uh, like setup with the turnstiles. So yeah. it's like, all right, I'm just going to walk and like nowhere else in your life. Do you walk straight into something? No. And, and Dick first. With, with with the assumption that it's gonna, you know, fold away from you. Yeah. Like people don't walk into walls all day. Right. But like this, it's like, I'm gonna confidently walk through this because it's gonna move out of the way. Because also it's like, what are you gonna do? Timidly be like, Oh, is it all right? Yeah. <laughs> uh you have to walk through it fast. Yeah. And because people are behind you, you have to. Uh, so it is just the perfect comedic setup of like, yeah, but sometimes it's not going to work. And when that doesn't happen, it's going to physically hurt you and be embarrassing. Yeah. Um, Tom, mm-hmm. I'm against those scanners now. Until I say they shut them down until they can figure out what's going on. I mean, the same th- the same thing happens. With, I mean, I've done that plenty of times with Metro cards, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's your own fault because you can you can just be looking at the like it'll say swipe again. Yeah. But the Omni thing, the scanner, I think it does like turn green or something when when it works. Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously not this time. It sounds like you were just not familiar with how the scanner yeah, that's, that's pretty much what it was. works and how it tells you. Yeah, yeah, I don't even. Why did I even engage you in this conversation? You're like, you know how it like doesn't tell you anything. No, it does. Well, you agreed with me for five minutes. I know minutes that's what I'm did. saying. And now that I'm thinking about, it, I'm like, no, it it glows bright green. Yeah. Well, you live and learn. Huh? <laughs> My apologies to those tourists. Hey, the the person you should be apologizing to, Tim, is your penis. <laughs> I do it every night. <laughs> All right, Tim. This week is part two of the Andromeda Strain. The Andromeda Strain by Michael Crichton. Michael Crichton. We should do a deep dive on uh, Michael Crichton's life one of these weeks. Uh, now, why is that? I've heard like he's, he's a real weirdo, and like he did like so much stuff. He was like one of those lunatics. Oh, like- you know what? I do remember actually, like when I read a case of need, which is like kind of what ER was based on. 
the the television show ER emergency room yeah not not the actual idea of emergency rooms right. but the main character the idea of putting George Clooney in an emergency room well yeah hey you Bonzo put, buckaroos you put George Clooney in any room it's going to cause an emergency mm. a panty emergency yeah I get it because of his <laughs> sex appeal <laughs> because of his sex appeal you see yeah. um. The yeah, uh, case of need. I, the main character, I believe, like w- was like kind of based on him, and it was like a former cop who became a doctor. Yeah, uh, and I think he did that right. Something like he had or, a wild life. Like yeah, the fact that like he was writing like or weird a doctor sci-fi that became a law. Uh, a cop or yeah, like the the fact that he was writing weird sci-fi books mm-hmm. in 1968. Yeah, that like. Topped the charts and became a phenomenon, and right. then like thirty years later, created a, a medical TV show after um, collaborating with the biggest director in the world on one of the biggest blockbusters of all time. Yeah, like, yeah, I do remember and then all being time, a... all the time being like this, like kind of reactionary lunatic that like <laughs> wouldn't really have a home in Hollywood. Otherwise, yeah. it's just it's strange. Well, and like uh, uh, Westworld is is mm-hmm. him too, but like that's not based on a book. He wrote that movie, yeah. Uh, and did he direct it? I want to say I too. Did. That's what I was just opening up IMDb, yeah, because I think he did direct Westworld. And again, like, what a weird thing to be like. Well, I'm a novelist. You've made, uh, you know, I think by that point, probably at least like a couple of my novels into movies, I would now like to write a movie and direct it myself. Yep, that's exactly what he did. Yeah. And uh, he's, well, no, Yul Brenner starred. Yeah, yeah, he didn't star in it. Yul Brenner starred in it. Uh, James Brolin, I've never seen the movie or the TV show. Um, I think I did watch at least part of the movie before the TV show came out because I was interested in the TV show. The TV show doesn't live up to its premise like it's it's one of those shows where it's like the first season's good Mm -hmm. not like perfect by any means but like really good and you're like oh i want to see where this is going and then you realize like oh they didn't know where it's going right (laughs) it doesn't really have a destination okay Sometimes the journey is the destination, Tom. Well, not when it's like so this boring you don't want to watch it. Ride we call life. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about life. I'm talking about HBO shows. My seventh grade social studies teacher. Uh huh. He was a cool guy. He had long hair, and he was raving one day about the recent episode of The Simpsons where they went to Itchy and Scratchy Land. Oh, and that it the, was like, yeah, because that was a Westworld. And he's like, I bet all of you think that was a Jurassic Park parody, but it wasn't. It was a parody of the movie Westworld, also written by Michael <laughs> Crichton. Yeah. He just ripped himself off for Jurassic Park. Yeah. And then, like, instead of learning about the American Revolution, we learned about... <laughs> Yule Brenner. Yeah, and like uh, how Michael Crichton uh, was double dipping his creative vision or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand what he was so upset about. It seemed seemed like he like personally had a stake in it. Yeah, I mean, and and I think it was more, uh, 
you know, I think that's something me and you, if we sat down with Michael Crichton, we'd have in common. I think Michael Crichton was like fascinated with the idea of theme parks. Yeah. And it was more like, I want to write another story about a futuristic theme park. That's have you ever all. been to Disney World, Tom? Yeah, I've been to fucking Disney. I don't times? know why I got so mad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I How many times? Yeah. Once, You're not like your family wasn't like a Disney family. Right? No, yeah. I went once, I think when I was like five or six. And then once when I was like maybe 13 mm. and, you know, at 13, I was like, I want to go to Universal Studios. I know. <laughs> uh, and even though Universal Studios kind of sucked. Uh, and then I went to Tokyo Disney once and I went to Disneyland once. Okay. Later in life. Hey, you got as uh, an adult. So the only t- I've not been to Disney World as an adult, but I've been to two Disneylands as an adult. I kind of want to go to Disney World. Yeah, we should go together before you have your baby, just me and you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I would. You know what? Like my. Uh, I think my my brother and sister in law and their their uh, child, my niece. I think they're going. And for a second, I was like, "Oh, climb on to that." Yeah, maybe I should be like, "Hey, you need somebody." But then I was like, "Well, they're not going to pay my way. I'm going to have to so pay." pay. My- yeah, but it's like, well, if I'm going to pay, I'm going to go by myself. You can. You don't have to hang out with them. <laughs> no, it was more. Well, yeah, but I would want to like help out. But I think it was more that. Uh, when I thought about it, I was just like, oh, Disney's like so expensive. Like, Is it? I, like I how just, much would it, if you were to go down there for four days? Uh-huh. I think it would probably cost like $2,000 all told. With like- All in? With like flight, hotel. That's, t- t- that's it's, a it's lot. It's immersive. It's $500 a day. You know what I could do in New York for $500 a day? I could go to Dave and Buster's in Times Square and and run that place. Yeah, you could leave with so many pillow in the stem. shape of SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. So why wouldn't I do that if I'm if I'm looking to blow SpongeBob my SpongeBob isn't even anywhere in Disney World. I don't know. I I would love to go, but I but I think if I were going to spend What if you went to one of those Star Wars hotels that was immersive? Yeah, but those are like those are like $2,000 a night. Yeah, but if we split that cost. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. And they were like, we "Well, Jedi this is, together, this is uh the the family room. There's a queen bed and then two bunk beds." And we're like, "We'll just take the bunk beds, thanks." <laughs> Top bunk, no! <laughs> You're pulling me off. Not, uh, not afra- actually pulling me off. I'd be afraid to sleep on the top bunk these days. Even, what do you mean these days? I don't know. I'm too old for that. <laughs> Tim, it's Star Wars. There's zero gravity. That's true. You Is just, there really zero gravity in the hotel? Some places, probably. Wow. If they're immersive enough. I'm try that out. What about, you don't want to go to the Marvel world or whatever they're opening? Yeah, no, the Avengers campus. Yeah. I mean. Sorry, yes. Look, <laughs> uh, Tim, it's not a fucking world. It's an actual real world campus. Like the campuses we went to in college. Um, I, don't get me wrong. I would love to go to all these things. It's just. It's worth it. Save up. To like sit down and think about how much money and then think like, 
you know, if I use that money for like not this type of vacation, it's like, oh, I could go somewhere where I would like actually relax, you know, and like, do you, do you would you ever relax though? Yeah, I can relax. Like if I'm on the beach and I got a pair got of a beach m- here, I got a pair of mirrored sunglasses on. You would put mirrors on your shoes so, and mirror, mi- hey, mirrors on my face, mirrors on my shoes. I'm having a good vacation. Disney World can shove it up their ass. Tim, we're not talking about Disney World and all that nonsense. We're talking about the Andromeda strain. I'm not going to ask you to recap what happened last time. There, not much happened. Not that much they happened. Found a satellite a fell. Yeah, and then the town, the died. whole town died. And we found out like the government has like a plan of how to deal with these and right. and it's now uh uh being enacted. So the the team has now arrived in in uh the town, the the like emergency team that the government had on call. And they noticed that like they're like, This this satellite dropped, I think it dropped at like one o'clock in the morning or something. And they're like, you know, and everybody's dead. But they're like, how come so many people are dead in the streets? Like the and they're wearing pajamas. Like they obviously weren't out. And when this happened, something happened, and they came out of their houses. Um, and a lot of them are holding their chests. So they're like, oh, like did, did something happened. It caused like their lungs or their heart. But then they realize they're like, none of these people are bleeding. There's like no blood anywhere. Um, so they're like, all right, we, uh, you know, we got to find the satellite first. Maybe they're not dead at all. No, they're pretty sure they're dead. Okay. (laughs) But they're like, (laughs) my theory's out the window. (laughs) They're like, first things first, we need to find the satellite before we worry about this other stuff. Uh, so they get the van, the van that, uh, was abandoned there. There's like a, a page, a page or two where they like have to go get gas. And I don't know why it's in there. <laughs> it's like it doesn't provide a they don't have a problem getting gas. They just have to go get gas. Um, so they like describe. You know, yeah, it's like he pulled up the to the thing. pump and, you know, he's like, uh, filled up with 87. Hmm. Well, there's nobody working there. They he told the other guy to fill it up. <laughs> um but they're, they're now in the van where they can follow the signal. Remember, there were two guys in the van oh, trying to find uh, the satellite. the thing, Because yeah. they still don't know exactly where it is. And they follow it to a doctor's office. Um, and they get in there and, like, everybody's dead. What uh, kind of doctor? I think just, like, a general practitioner, like a yeah. small-town doctor. Uh, Jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none type guy. Mm-hmm. Um went to like you know one of those like aziz ansari went went to one of those like caribbean medical schools where they'll just like give you a medical degree in like six months is that a thing yeah i think they're like actually like more difficult than is is assumed yeah uh i think it's more like it's cheaper like i don't think you can become a doctor (laughs) without spending over you know a hundred thousand dollars in yeah, America. But... That's just fifty nights at Disney World, though. <laughs> well, exactly. And so many people they look at the two and they're like, eh, "I'll just spend fifty nights in Disney World. <laughs> I'll spend a month and a half at the Avengers Campus. Thank you very much." <laughs> well, because at the end of that, maybe they'll be like, "Hey, you've been now hanging, you're an you've been hanging yeah. around a lot. Maybe you'd like to join up. Hmm. Get in one of the one. Of, we got a million of these Iron Man suits. Yeah." 
And what's more impressive at a cocktail party, introducing yourself and saying you're a doctor or that you're an Avenger? Is that why people become doctors, to impress people at cocktail parties? Yeah. Follow-up question, how many cocktail parties have you ever been to in your life? <laughs> Lots. Okay. Yeah, I'm the guy drinking beer that everybody's giving double takes to. What's this guy doing drinking beer? It's a cocktail party. It's like, sorry, I got to stick to my roots. Tom, <laughs> just like uh, H2O said, don't forget your roots. <laughs> um, so they find the doctor and the one guy saying to the other guy, he's like, you notice anything weird about this body? He's like, yeah, I think he's dead. Uh, but then they realize they're like, oh, yeah, there's no like when you die, uh, you know, if you die and nobody moves the body or anything like, you know, your your heart's not pumping blood. So the blood just like settles. Mm hmm. So like, you know, the doctor's in a seat and he's got his elbows on the armrest and they're like, you know, look at his elbows. And then they like take off his pants. And I was like, oh, they're perverts. Yeah. But they were trying to look at his butt. I'm like, well, that's still pervert. Uh, But it was there was no blood. So finally, they're like, all right, we got to cut this guy open. They open him up with like pliers and a chisel. uh, Do like, you know, an on the spot autopsy. Um. And they find that all of his blood is clotted. Hmm. That's not good. That might have been part of the reason why he died. That's what they're thinking. uh, That they're like, yeah, that would explain it. Be one of these doctors. (laughs) Um, But then they're like thinking through it more. And uh, they're like, yeah, but how come like this guy seemed to have died where he sat, but other people got outside. Uh, They go to other houses. And they find one house where uh, it's like, I guess, like maybe like a 14 year old kid, uh, like in his bedroom. And his uh, his mouth is full of uh, airplane dope and paint thinner airplane like airplane glue. Yeah, but they call it airplane dope. I thought you're supposed to sniff airplane glue, not eat it. Well, but that's the thing. It was like, oh, he he did this purposely. He was killing himself. Uh, uh, and then they find another one with a, an old lady who uh, had hanged herself. Oh no. And like left a note, but then they what find did the notes say it was, uh, I that didn't, could be a good clue. Yeah. I didn't write it down, but it was like, not he, a good clue. It was, it was like just very vague. Like, like, uh, uh, I had to do this. Yeah. Because of what's happening now. See, nobody would write. You write a <laughs> note to to explicitly lay things out. Well, but, not to vague book your death. But in this case, I you know they're pointing out because they're like, well, some people died where they sat. This lady had time to like sit down, and write a note, and then right. make a noose and hang herself. Right. Um, I don't even know. How to, do you know how to tie a noose? Knot? No, it's never come up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We took a, that trip down to D.C. a few months ago. Uh-huh. You did or I You did. did. You were practicing tying oh, nooses I, Oh, I see. During the insurrection, you're yeah. saying. I was very confused. Yeah. It was, it was like, I didn't go to D.C. to kill myself. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I apologize for that coughing. Yeah, oh Tom. Oh, Let somebody me wet uh, my whistle with a beer. Can I can I uh, bring up something somebody put up on the Reddit? Sure. I'd rather Zim. I'd rather you limit your internet time. I think uh, I'm I'm doing this so you can recover from whatever's going on <laughs> over there. 
Somebody wrote, what's up with Tom consistently having an I'm about to burp voice inflection thing? Yeah, probably because I'm about to burp a lot of times. Telling you, lay off the carbonation. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Do we need to to stop for a moment? No, no, I'm I'm fine. Um, They also (laughs) find... They also find a guy who uh, has killed himself by filling up his bathtub and then just holding his head underwater. His own head? <clears throat> yeah. How does one do that? Well, that's what you they just, said. They're well, like, why would you have to hold your... How would you hold your head? I mean, he just literally like put his head in the water until he died. And they're like, that's not possible. Like, you can't do that. Right. You know, you're... you're Instincts will stop you. Right. Um, they they find a lady who lit themselves on fire. Uh, and then they're, uh, they're, uh, talk, uh, as they talk about the dude, the, oh, so now they're like hidden back. They've, they've got the satellite and they're like, Hey, remember like the reconnaissance planes went overhead and there was like, uh, you know, they, they saw somebody like somebody that was still alive. And then they hear crying as they're talking about this. They find a baby, a baby that's Who alive. didn't kill itself. <laughs> yeah. was unable to kill himself. Mm. And then they, they do find like, as they're, as they're getting in the helicopter, uh, they, uh, like an old man comes shuffling up and it was the man that they saw. And that man's name is Peter Jackson, like the director. Oh wow! Yeah, but I don't think was it's the he same a guy. New Zealand guy. Yeah, but uh, they don't mention that he has an accent or anything. Hmm. Um, the uh, New Zealand accent, I think, is my favorite accent. It's a good accent. It's a fun accent. Yeah. I wonder if just Americans think it's fun, or I think everybody thinks it's kind of fun, right? Yeah. Why not? They seem like a, a good group over there. Yeah, too. nice people. Yeah. Um. Uh, chapter eight, this is one of those, like, you know, it's just kind of chapter eight and chapter nine, I'll just combine them where it's just like exposition kind of, Mm. and they're explaining like the directives and like chaos theory. Yeah. Kind of where it's like, well, where it's like, uh, you know, they, uh, they're going to blow the place up with a thermonuclear bomb. Uh, but the president has that decision and the president's like, eh, don't do it yet. Um, this is I, Nixon at this point? They don't give the name. I think it's supposed to just be, I think this is supposed to be like maybe a couple of years in the future. And it's like, oh, it's some president. You don't know. It's Nixon. Um, but they talk about how they're going to have to like call Russia and be like, hey, we yeah remember we signed that treaty about like no above ground uh nuke tests we're gonna have to violate that so like when you see this happen just like don't just trust us i guess (laughs) like we're not starting a war and we're not restarting testing we've got to take care of something um now, uh, Hall, one of the one of the scientists, he's on a jet. Daryl Hall. Daryl Hall. He's on a jet because that's how uh, you know they're like put him on a freaking uh, like a fighter jet, I should say. Okay. Because uh, we need to get him there so fast. So he's he's flying at like Mach one point eight. He's trying to read like the briefing, and then they explain, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, the odd man out." 
uh, or odd man protocol or whatever it's called. He's and uh, that part's missing. He's like, oh, I wonder what that part's about. Now they're they're in the desert. Uh, Hall and Levitt they like go for a drive to talk, and uh, it's explained that they're in charge of the self destruct. Uh, mechanism within this facility. Remember, there's like a five layer facility, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately they're going to go in there to uh, to you know study all this stuff. Um, they like if there's a breach or something, or like shit gets out of control, the contamination spreads. They're the ones that are going to have to uh, like blow everything up. And apparently this is, again, one of those things where there's like pages of like, look, look at these charts <laughs> where basically they like ran a bunch of tests and found that like a uh, an adult single male would be like the the per the, the type of person that would have the least problem uh, hitting the self-destruct button. As okay. opposed to anybody, you know, which makes sense. It's like, oh, you have other people have wives and families. Mm. These are all uh, men down here, straight men. Uh, you know, they they would uh, hesitate more than this guy. Um, but it's pretty cool when they get to like where the actual facility is. It's set up to look like uh, it's like a cornfield. And uh, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is all just like a setup. This is like all diversion. And they, but it's still supposed to be like government. It's like the government's testing corn, mm. uh, and it's like all fence off. And then when they get there, uh, the guy, uh, the 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 guy who's like part of this project, says to the the farmer, just passing through on the way to Rome. And then the guy says back to him, "Have you got the time?" He goes, "My watch stopped yesterday." And then the guy says darn shame and then the the guy says it's because of the heat and it's like clear passwords yeah that's the password that's the interaction you're supposed to have i would i would i'd be so bad at this stuff i can't remember i'd be bad too but shouldn't that be like in more uh you know day-to-day life wouldn't you like to like go into a store and the person's like nice day isn't it and you're like it is but i heard it's going to rain later and then it's like that opens up some secret yeah, door. Then, uh, they just teach that to everybody over 21 so you can buy beer. <laughs> um, I had a little bit of problem uh, listening to that, Tom. Uh-huh. Because either your dog or you farted so bad oh. that I wanted to barf. I, I, I wanted to barf my beans over here, Tom. Two things. I, I legitimately promise you I didn't fart. And the second thing is I don't smell anything. And the third thing is my dog does not fart very often. Well, I'm not saying she's never farted before, but I'm just saying it sounds like in all likelihood it was you. And that he who smelt it dealt it. How dare you? I'm a guest (laughs) in your home. (laughs) Um, So they get inside the facility and now the guy opens up a door. It's a storage closet. He's like, get in. He's like, what? They get in. Guess what? It's not a storage closet. It's a secret elevator. Uh, these secret facilities are lousy with them. Yeah. they're good. So now they're underground. They're going through the facility. There's like a bunch of uh, German shepherds in cages. Dogs. Yeah. 
Uh, no, these are, uh, they have like uh, flocks of sheep, but they're like, oh, have you seen my sheep? That's good. <laughs> uh, but they've all had their larynxes taken out, so they're all like barking at them, but the barking's like... I don't like that. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. I'm Did like, you oh. think about doing that with your dog, though? No, of course not. Um, then they like have to talk to like a voice analyzer. You know, it's one of these things where it's supposed to be like, wow, look how futuristic it is. And it's like, oh, that's like a worse version of Siri, which isn't good in the first <laughs> place. Uh, because he like gives an answer where it's like, answer does not compute. And it's like, why would they do it this way? <laughs> Instead of just having like a yes or no button. Uh, but they, they they get through the clearance. Again, it's like the technology did not exist for like voice printing of like, verified that's that's you tom you get way too into technology stuff. i know you uh, know how some people talk about religion and you just kind of like like all right enough about this <laughs> when you go on about tech stuff that's the way i feel i misspoke when i talked about the odd man out thing before hall is the odd man out however he has the key to stop automatic detonation if there is mm. contamination, not to initiate it. That's what the earlier chapter l- leads us to believe. But then when we get to this, it's explained like, no, it's actually, yeah, of course, that's what you would think. But it's actually this guy can stop it. And a single guy still will. Yeah, but it's also, and I guess. Will be most likely not to. Yeah, I guess it's still like a, you know, that guy's going to think the most rationally. Okay. Um, And like, but I think also maybe they're hinting at the idea that. Or somebody would, oh, you know, the other guys would stop it prematurely. Because when they'd it be so worried be about their own family. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's that's kind of where where the the thought process. I mean, it's is. the same thing. Six of one half dozen of another. If it's gonna happen, yeah. Right? Like if you're launching it or stopping launch. Yeah, but in this case, I think they're they're trying to convey like this is so dangerous that uh, we we the the married people might prematurely be like oh i'll kill myself i'll sacrifice myself because if we don't blow this up there's a chance this could spread to the whole world and right. kill my family uh whereas like obviously that's the you know the government doesn't want like <laughs> that to happen they want to find like right. what is this and and how can we fight it uh, you know, not just let's detonate it and then be like, well, we'll never know. And because, of course, it's like, well, they might want to turn it into a weapon, too. The Andromeda strain? Yeah. Yeah. How much do we know about it? They haven't even... We like... don't know anything okay. about it yet. It's one of those situations where you shouldn't name so... the book something else because <laughs> you're almost halfway through this book and we don't even know what they're... I am halfway through the book, but but yeah, you... well, but that's what keeps you reading because it's like I still don't even know what this book's but about. But you know it's going to be about this strain. They're going to yeah, find the strain Yeah, but I don't know anything about point. the strain. Yeah, but aren't you at this point screaming at the book like, it's the Andromeda strain, guys? I won't spend too much time on this because you get mad, but uh, they talk about how the satellite, so it's four, yeah, four you levels. You can talk all you want. It's four levels, and they're bringing the satellite through the core of the building, 
which is like where like, uh, you know, it's like the wiring and stuff. I'm like, well, but if they're bringing it through, then it's like, oh, then you can get to the fifth level from elsewhere. You don't have to go through each level. Like it, it just didn't seem secure. But at the same time, it's like, I guess I got to figure out some way to be like, and the thing got in there so they can study it. Um, Pierre Jackson and the baby are there. They're they're on the fifth floor, though. And now this chapter, uh, chapter 11, we do find out that the nuke has been dropped on the town now. So all that is gone. Um, And this is about just kind of them going through the security protocols. And uh, they get increasingly remember, I was explaining that it's like they get increasingly sterile as they mm-hmm. as they yeah, go yeah. down. Um, so it's like the first the first level. It's like, oh, you have to like take a you know, burn your clothes and we'll give you a jumpsuit. You, you take a shower, then we'll give you a jumpsuit. Yeah. Um, but then uh, and then I think maybe it's like the second floor. It's like, well, now there's like a bunch of sh- it's kind of like a car wash they're going through. They have to like close their eyes and stuff. But then it gets to like, all right, now you have to like completely submerge yourself in this liquid. And, you know, the we're mostly following Hall at this point. And like he's kind of giving his like, I think based on like how this smelt and felt like it, it was, you know, like this was a chlorine solution or whatever. Um, but they have to completely submerge in this one liquid. And the way they ensure that they completely submerge is that they actually have to actually like swim under like a wall to get to the other side. Mm, so there's sounds like something out of mission impossible. Yeah. I mean, it's not like super hard, but it's like, if you're on the other side, you have to have gone through this. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the that's one. That's not ADA compliant, if you ask me. No, and this one in particular, they say uh, you have to keep your eyes open um, while you're doing it too, because it has to like, I don't know, sanitize your eyes. They talk about how. Uh, <laughs> you tried to record my dog snoring, but you woke her up by making so much noise. Yeah, sorry. Um. The the your dog was snoring very adorably, so I really <laughs> tried to get the mic right up on her. Well, to your me 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 me. Go back to sleep, Ginger. All right, don't mind if I do. <laughs> <She> did. <laughs> um, First time she ever listened to me. They uh they also have to spend like increasingly more time in between levels. I think they say it's going to take them like twenty four hours to like get through all the levels. Um, but they go it's into like a video game. Yeah, they go into uh level four and they're like told to go in a room. And then uh, I think like an announcer or something's like, there's a helmet on the wall. Please put that helmet on. <laughs> and they're like, and then they tell them, uh, like, close your eyes. Like failure to close your eyes could cause blindness. Um, so they like close their eyes, you know, or one at a time. We're, we're, we're still just following Hall. And he like sees flashes, but he's like, I'm not opening my eyes until, uh, yeah, they they give me the all clear and it like takes a while. But finally, they give him the all clear. He opens up his eyes and like his whole body's, you know, he's nude. Uh, his whole body's like covered in ash hmm. and he's seeing bright flashes as this happens. 
and he realizes it's it's called an ultra flash and basically it is turning the top layer it's burning off the very top layer of his skin huh. and uh, uh turning it into ash this isn't stuff that they have to actually do in real life, right? I don't think so. Like, I, I think this is like literally, you know, what would happen if we had to do this? Yeah. Um, because You'll imagine. <laughs> well, I, I think it's like they have procedures for like, you know, the most deadly viruses and, and neurological weapons, bioweapons, chemical weapons. But all of them, it's like, well, put on this very protective suit and then like shower, you know, we'll coat that suit. We'll we'll wash that suit. And then you take that suit, you know, but none where it's like, well, we don't know how the fuck this works. Right. And they explain that they're like. The hardest thing to figure out how to do. Is there like the human body is one of the dirtiest things in our known universe as far as like bacteria and all that. Um, so these guys would have a heart attack if they ever saw a pig pen. <laughs> and they're like, so the challenge is how do you clean the filthiest thing in the universe without yeah. killing it? Burn like, it off. Well, yeah, I mean, it's basically like things. expose it to a like just a hair right. below what will kill somebody um and now hall as the chapter closes hall's uh uh thinking about how he's like he's thinking about what if we're about to commit like mass genocide where he's like in, in on earth at you know the simplest creatures single cell organisms the smallest humans uh whales gorillas you know these are the smarter creatures and they're the biggest creatures elephants right so but he's like but who's to say that's how <laughs> that was a weird way of phrasing all of that by the way <laughs> he's like but who's to say that that's how it works on other uh on other worlds like technology on our world works the opposite we're like Things get smaller as they advance. What if there's life out there that that's how that works? Right. And what if basically this and he's like, I mean, it makes sense, like cheaper to fly through space. You know, you don't need as much material. You don't need as much fuel. Uh, so basically there, you know, he's like, well, what if it is a bacteria, but it is intelligent or like, you know, it's just super teeny tiny. So he's concerned about killing the bacteria and not all the people that the bacteria has killed and will kill he's my god he's concerned he just doesn't want to like fly into this willy-nilly like he wants to keep all possibilities right. open still uh and then chapter 13 uh again is like one of those uh uh uh, uh tell them the satellite hit um uh, one of those just like, you know, expository uh, uh, chapters, uh, uh, a voice like a, a computer voice wakes him up because they have six hours. So they tell him, like, you have rooms, go sleep. Um, this seems like fun, though, right? Would you want to go through this? Uh, like if just to like if it was like 
at the end you got to play a new video game or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the fact that at the end it's like you're going to see something nobody's ever seen before. Well, would you do this just like this kind of sounds like I was saying like a video game a little bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, there are levels and everything. Yeah, wouldn't you want to, like, do this? I mean, it'd be be nice to finally be clean. Yeah. Maybe they just pop you back out into the world and be like, you're the world's cleanest man now. (laughs) Go forth. I'd be like, do I get a card or something that says that? I mean, you're not going to be that way for long. Can we put on a commercial? The next guy that Introducing the world's cleanest man. You're going to get dirty so quick. He's going to get dirty. You're going to walk away. They're going to be like, ah, he walked right through that puddle. (laughs) What is he doing? He tripped and fell face first into that puddle. Thanks, boys. <laughs> just step in a pile of dog shit immediately. Ah. <laughs> um, so like a, a computer voice wakes this guy up and he like spends a lot of time talking about like how sultry the voice is. Like this guy gets like real horny for this computer voice, even though he knows it's a computer voice. He like tries to talk to it. And finally, like, somebody else is like, uh, what are you doing? Stop fucking around. <laughs> like, he's like, oh, I wanted to see what its intelligence. <laughs> flirting with the computer. No. Yeah. And they're like, it's not like a real artificial intelligence or anything. It's just like an, <laughs> they explained, like, this is basically like a glorified answering machine. Stop asking it questions. <laughs> uh, stop asking it out to dinner. Um, well, one of the other guys is like, all right, now we need these two. And they're suppositories. And this guy oh, gets no. so mad ab- about the idea. And it's like, you just had a layer of your flesh burnt off. Relax about the suppository. Oh, yeah. I say this as somebody who's never had a suppository. But but th- this just struck me as like a like a gay panic type thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, w- which just seemed like silly considering everything else he's gone through. Um <laughs> <laughs> Turn the first, the top layer of his whole body into ash. <laughs> right, and like, get like, away was, from my butthole. I was, don't, I don't go that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and the chapter ends with them. I, 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 I th- it, yeah, it's presented as like a transcript, but I believe it's them. You know, the the characters who are following, going over it. That basically infers that the satellite hit something and that's what caused it to come back down to earth which you know adds another layer because at this point they're still thinking splatted right into some space octopus and got its goo all over yeah because at this point they're still thinking like well we were trying to get stuff from the upper atmosphere like this could be something that lives in the upper atmosphere that you know we're we're just not I think actually earlier they say like a previous mission, they did find like a bacteria that doesn't exist, uh, right. you know, else it was a new bacteria. But now it's like, eh, you know, it's not like anybody didn't think it could be extraterrestrial origins. But now it's like, oh, there's there's more evidence. Something hit this thing. Right. What What hit this? What got its goo all over this? Yeah. Tom, you know what I like about this book? What's that? Uh, like, not much in the larger story has happened. No. It... Like, a thing Like a thing happened. We didn't mm-hmm. see it happen. We were presented with the aftermath. And then it's just, like, a bunch of, like, um, almost... Procedure. Bureaucra- yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
and uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's fun. I w- I was thinking the same thing. Like I was thinking about because uh, I want to read that new uh, Andy Weir book, uh, Project Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that wrote The Martian. Yeah, and like that's what The Martian is. That it's just like procedure where it's just like well here's how i mean there's like action in it and yeah. stuff that happens and like you know the character has feelings and stuff but the majority of the book is like you know uh, he has to get something from outside inside here's how <laughs> that that would be right. accomplished i only saw the movie mm-hmm. so i don't know how yeah it the movie's like from the book. It, it's not that different but i think it. what I'm liking this, or like in general, I think stuff like this is cooler because a lot smaller. Like the movie, like of The Martian, and mm-hmm. presumably the book, I don't know, goes into all that minutia, but also serves this like really huge story that like does have a big climax of like a yeah. space rescue and everything. Yeah, and, that, and it'd that... be cool if it was just like no, it, like n- really not much. Yeah. Th- happens for the in the thrust of the story but like we get into the nitty-gritty details of what happens and in the martian a lot happens yeah and like that does happen in the book like the movie follows the book pretty faithfully but the uh like percentage of the story that's taken up by these things is different like you know the movie like the the ending is is uh, i believe pretty much the same but like, you know, the in the book, that's like a couple of chapters and, you know, some a lot of the other chapters, it's like nothing's actually happening. This guy's just explaining like what his day to day is, uh, which, you know, again, they show in the movie. It's a good movie, but uh, but the book was better. Yeah. Uh, I like minutia. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun when it's like made up science. Yeah. Which I guess is what science fiction up. is. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I never really thought about that. <laughs> but like when, I mean, this is what Michael Crichton did really well, uh, where he took things like, you know, Jurassic Park, where it's like, oh, people like, most people now have like an understanding of DNA. You know, at that point, we were less than a decade away from cloning. So, like, that was already in the conversation. And then you just took it one step further. Like, yeah. Okay. And and that's a lot of Man, what this, like getting this the is. Getting blood early. out of the mosquitoes and yeah. amber. That's brilliant. You know what? And then combining it with, like, you know, the missing parts with, like, frog DNA. Yeah. Those were simpler times, I feel like, <laughs> where, like, you could... Uh, have like a fun conceit like that yeah. and then fudge all the scientific details while still like trying to overwhelm the reader a little bit with the yeah, scientific stuff. Enough and like that they're enough, like, I guess this is true. Yeah, where you wouldn't have some smarty pants being like tearing everything apart and being like, well, actually this wouldn't work because... And like yeah. now some asshole would be ripping this apart and we'd read it online because we got nothing better to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nobody's having fun at that point. Like, like all these procedures these guys are going through, like it's interesting to read about, but it's like, ah, I doubt there's any real world procedures that are this extensive because for no other reason than like, there's gotta be an easier way (laughs) to just make sure that somebody, uh, You'd see like a YouTube video of like a real life scientist explains why yeah. uh, reacts to Andromeda strain science. <laughs> yeah. It's like 
No, uh, we don't need that. A Neil deGrasse Tyson Twitter yeah. thread about how stupid it is. That's such a weird genre of YouTube video. You know this of like real dentist uh, <laughs> like responds to dentist scenes in movies. Yeah. And then it'll be like, yeah, uh, you know, normally I would be wearing a smock while doing this. <laughs> right. So it's like, I don't care what a real dentist thinks about anything. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't even listen to him well, about my are, own fucking teeth. Why are you going to all these dentist movies, Tim? Dentistry <laughs> movies. I like them. I like, uh, I like the sound of the drill. I like the fantasy of it. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's the Andromeda strain for this week. Nice. I'm enjoying it so far. I'll tell you what. Like uh, th- This book isn't short. I mean, I'm reading it on my uh, Kimball. Yeah. But... Uh, but I think it's like over 300 pages in paperback and like, boy, though, it, reading it's like a breeze. I, the, the, you know, a rare case where I was caught up on my reading a few days ago. I wasn't wow. frantically reading uh, everything I had to the moments before you walked in the door. Well, Tom, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, I might put up. Just to warn you. Oh, the new poll, yeah. Warn everybody else. Get ahead of the game this time. Get ahead of the game, because we might have to start doubling up some of our recording sessions. Yeah. Um, One of us is going to be a little out of pocket for for a few months. Yeah, that baby will take care of itself. I think so. My wife certainly will take care of it. Well, now you sound like Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fully what I expect you to turn into as a father. You know, Tim the Toolman Taylor wasn't a bad father. All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>